FFM Productions presents Two Wild Orchids. Not your mother's podcast. <laughs> I'm Sean Lee. I'm Christina. And today we are the Two Wild Orchids, the place you come for sex and fun. Miss Monica is on vacation and will be back next week. Today I'm so excited, you guys, because I have been on the phone. It's O-Dark 30 in my world, but it's not in hers with Christina Antonian, who has the, if you haven't gone to her website, Confident Lover, after the show, you have to go. I found this website and thought, I have to talk to her. So Christina, (laughs) I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) Me too. And thank you so much for having me and for reaching out. I'm so glad I did. Now, I know just enough about you to be dangerous, to know that you're living my dream, getting to live wherever (laughs) you want, in places you love, with people you love, doing what you love. But tell the audience a little bit about you, please. Sure. Uh, So curiosity is my driving force. And I was born in Armenia during the Soviet era in a very conservative household, which definitely gave me this insatiable appetite to be curious about the world. And I'm I'm definitely uh, multi-passionate. And one of my favorite passions is this just burning desire to change how we talk about sexuality since culture, media, religion, environment, and tech nowadays shape our sexual beliefs and behaviors. And I decided that I'm going to travel to over, uh, just travel around the world and to really understand how other people approach sexuality. What are their thoughts? What are their feelings around sex? So I've had so many conversations and I've already had the chance to travel to over 60 countries speaking, giving workshops and learning from masters from Taoist teachings, Tibetan Tantra to Hindu Tantra to all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And I've been studying sexuality now for more than 14 years. And I realized that one of my missions in this world is to really bring sexuality out of the dark ages where our sexuality becomes the source of our peace and our happiness instead of the source of our shame, guilt, trauma, pain, and anxiety. And through this whole journey, I've discovered that The secret to the universe is truly between our legs. (laughs) And I say this because I've never seen any healing or happiness come from shame, guilt, anxiety, or punishment. So I think we're living in a beautiful era now where it's time to celebrate and honor and understand our bodies and our sexuality. And it's it's truly a remarkable time that we live in now. I am astonished by how much what you just said aligns with everything that we've been doing. And you said it so much more eloquently because what we have said is, and the way I feel about it is I feel like if the weather, for example, the sun and rain and air are what we need for our species to survive, Mm -hmm. nobody has a problem discussing the weather, but in order for our species to survive, we also have to have sex and everybody who wants to talk about it or most people who want to talk about it, I should say, feel this incredible uh, secrecy and shame around it. Oh, and absolutely. I don't get it. And, and, may, and that's why I do this show because to me, it's such a beautiful thing. And, and yes. it's such a giving space. And yes, and so as I, well as receiving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you do, you do really interesting things. Like when you were talking, I was like, oh, I want to talk to you about that and that and that. But I know we decided today we would talk about erotic touch. 
And I'm so yes. glad we're doing this because I don't know if you listen. Oh, wait, you did tell me you listened to the show a couple of weeks ago, the Yoni Massage that, that Monica. The Yoni Massage. Yes. And, but you yes. cover more than that. You cover lingam and breasts and the rest of the body. So, yes. So if we could start there, because a lot of people love the Yoni Massage, but I think we, I want to really cover with you, you know, why do you think touch is so important? for humans in general and also obviously in relationships. Oh, yes. So I think when I was having a deep discussion or a meeting with myself, as I like to call it, I realized it's a form of language that we experience when we're born. Those of us who have been lucky to have parents who introduced us to the language of nourishing touch by holding us, caressing us gently and softly at birth is how we experience feeling loved nurtured and cared for. So touch for me is a silent language. And there is a beautiful quote, I think it's by John Paul II, who said, the hands are the heart's landscape. And what a beautiful way to explain the role that touch plays in our lives. Yes. Wow. So when I read that quote, I actually got goosebumps all over my body because I said, wow, this is very deep. And this goes back to the day that we are born. Um, well, you were, and, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Would you repeat the quote again, please? I want them to hear it one more time slowly. Oh, sure. It's the hands are the heart's landscape. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I love it too. It's, it's actually a really beautiful quote. And another one actually comes to mind from Carl Jung. And he says, often the hands will solve a mystery that the intellect has struggled with. I'm paraphrasing it a bit because oh, the language that was used right back there. then. Wow. <laughs> often the hands will solve a mystery that the intellect has struggled with. Wow. That's right? so true. <laughs> That's so true. Monica and I just did a recorded a show yesterday where the discussion was, what's the most sensitive part of your body? And I know Mm. I had erroneously heard that it was the lips, but it's not, it's the fingertips. Yes, because it carries so much energy. Oh, yeah. So when we're talking about, (laughs) so I get why when, you know, and I, I agree with you, actually kind of a sidebar here is I've applied to do a TED talk on self pleasure Mm. for a young girl. So, and I don't mean like eight Mm -hmm. girls, I'm talking like, you know, 11, 12, 13, 15, when they start having sex, because I have a belief that young girls have a lot of touch when they're little, like exactly what you said, the rubbing and and caressing of a child, of a baby. But from about the ages of eight to let's say 15, the only touch that they have is either through sports or through discipline. And so when a boy comes along and touches them for the first time, then a host of disempowering female traits come about in the aching for that touch. Mm. So I I have a a really different experience, maybe just throughout my travel. But so I started actually self-pleasuring at the age of three. And this is a phase that I call experiencing my erotic innocence. Because at that age, we have no idea what sex is. We just know that there's this beautiful spot on our bodies. When we touch, it feels amazing. My mom says that I was one, but I can't remember that format, but I (laughs) definitely remember being three years old. And even, I even had fantasies at one fantasy at that time 
and and being in kindergarten or being at home and, and just touching myself and, and just remembering how amazing that felt and how connected I felt to the world. And of course, growing up and being a teenager in, in my early 20s, I thought it, it was just me until I started asking my guy friends and girlfriends. And they all, I, I mean, doing the work that you and I do, I think people are trust us and talk to us and give us some really good information mm-hmm. and share things with us that they never have with anyone else. So there were so many people who told me that they actually started at a very young age. Some, wow. some three, some five, some four, some eight, some 11. It's all over the map. A lot of times we actually develop a pattern, which we'll get into later, that when we start at that age, and let's say our mother or whoever, our caretaker sees us doing that, they often say, don't do that anymore. Yes, that's or exactly what I was about to things. interject. Yes. Elders, like, I mean, my mom used to tell me that I'm going to go blind if I keep doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And boys are told they're going to grow hair on their hands or something like that. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard all of it. It wasn't just one thing. I heard all of it. So now, I mean, she and I have a really good relationship now. And I I just love bringing it up in in a very funny context and just telling her, Mom, not only am I not wearing glasses, but I have 20-20 vision and I'm still doing it. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. But I know for me growing up, I did not have my first masturbation orgasm until I was 19 years old. And wow. Because, yeah. I like, I thought I was normal, but I think you're right. But I think they're, again, going back to why we do what we do, you and I, there's so much shame around this topic. Uh, nobody wants so to be seen yours... masturbating, for, exact, for example. Nobody wants anyone to well, know right. they do it. Yeah, exactly. But was yours like shame-based or did someone see you doing it and they told you not to? You know so what? they instilled I, I, this like fear inside you? It's interesting because I always make this joke that my parents were swingers. And oh. so I'm a second generation, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. It seems like a sex should have been like this really fun thing at my house. But no, uh-huh. there must have been shame associated with it. Because like I said, I didn't, I don't have any memories of it per se. I know for sure I didn't have my first masturbation orgasm until I was 19. So there must have been something ingrained in me from a young age. I mean, it could have been from so many things. Maybe it just didn't even come from your parents. It could have come from school. It could have come from a comment you heard or some movie you watched. It could be so many things. So many people influence our sexuality that we don't realize. Yes, but when you know that there's a pleasure button on your body. So, I mean, I always like to joke about things just (laughs) just to make everything light. And and on the right show for that. <laughs> and I always tell people, you know, my mom, thank goodness she was a terrible salesperson <laughs> because I never bought. I never bought any of the shame, the guilt, or anything she was trying to sell me because I knew what I felt and I wasn't going to stop doing it. <laughs> You're so funny. So, you know what? You're right. As you were talking, I was like, why well, did that? Because when I was, however old I was young, there was a little boy in our neighborhood and he used to want to go up to everyone and say, let's check bodies. This was kind of his thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I can remember. So as I, as I kind of attach it in my, in my childhood brain again, I can go, okay, well, that makes sense. If it was bad to check bodies, then it must've been bad to touch myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just now have that memory. And so, yeah, it's interesting what we take as children and carry with us long-term and find mm-hmm. the shame within it where, yeah, if your mom had been a better salesperson, you might not have explored the way you did. And if my mom, who was a great salesperson, had been a, a you know, a shittier salesperson, this might have worked out for me. 
I mean, I, I would, I would, I would actually argue that it already worked out for you. Uh, okay, it may that. have taken a bit longer. <laughs> That's a very good point. Very good point. Okay. So why do you think touch is so important in a relationship? Cause we could, we could do this all day. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes, that's true. Going back to that. So I think for couples, because so let's say you have an argument or you feel disconnected or you have a disagreement, you can solve so many things through contact, let's say in a form of dance, in a form of caressing or holding each other, because there's a lot of tension and anger that melts away when we're held and caressed. And Hmm. I mean, massage is a great example of this. I think I, I go and get massages every two weeks just to release some of the tension that has been built up in my body from not knowing or from sitting in front of a computer. But going back to relationships, I mean, touch, as Carl Jung says, will often solve a mystery that the intellect has struggled with. And the beautiful thing is that there are no words. So it's a language within itself. You can't have an argument when you're touching someone in a very loving way, in a caressing way. When you were talking, what, what as I take notes, you mentioned dance. And I think that I just want to pause here on that for a second, because when I thought of touch in a relationship, I thought of the very traditional caressing and holding. And I was thinking about if I'm in conflict with one of my partners, you know, sometimes the last thing I want them to do is touch me because I'm angry at whatever it is we're, we're having a disagreement about. But I think that your statement about dance is a really important one because there is that releasing of energy that happens with that movement And yet, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You can be as mad as you want Mm -hmm. dancing with someone and find the joy in that. I never thought of that until now. That's really good. That's good stuff right there. Write that down, people. It's it's actually one of those, it's actually one of the things that I used to practice when I was in a 10-year relationship is we made an agreement that if we were mad and there was something that we couldn't solve and it lasted more than 24 hours, then if one of us had to stay dance and we would both come together. And dance without that. speaking to each other. <laughs> and because dance also requires one of us to surrender and one of us to lead. Mm-hmm. So it was just so natural that we we just took a deep breath and came closer and closer and closer to each other until we started hugging and then we started caressing each other while we were dancing. And then eventually, it, once, once all the tension melted away, we started kissing. And it was oh. really beautiful. I can't wait to start an <laughs> argument now. I can't tell you. <laughs> well, makeup sex is one of my favorites. Oh, makeup sex is the best. It really right? is. It's so because good. Because it's so oh. charged with emotion. Yes. Yes. And you've been At so angry. At least that's angry. why I think it's so good. Yes. And then you're, and then you're, oh, and you're eager to reconnect, which... That's good stuff. Okay, so what are some common <laughs> mistakes? So like, I'm all jazzed up. It's only like seven o'clock in the morning. What are some common mistakes people are making when they touch? Because I know you can do it wrong. You can touch someone yeah, wrong. You can, you can definitely touch someone wrong. And I've definitely, I mean, I'm sure if you get massages, we both experience, not both, but there's so many, so many of us, let's say when we go to get a massage and the masseuse is mindlessly touching and rubbing mm-hmm. you. And sometimes you, you walk out of there with more pain than you went in with. Mm-hmm. And so wrong touching for me, and it's not so much wrong, it's just doing it without awareness, do it, touching mechanically, not being present when you're doing it, being too rough and not being able to read your partner's body language mm-hmm. and what feels good and what doesn't. So, I mean, if you're doing it mechanically, then your hands just become a vibrator. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and, and not in a good way. Not in a good way. No, you're you're right. Again, Monica and I just recorded yesterday, so it's on my brain. But that was actually one of the dialogues that we were having because I went on. We call them lady boner killers, and I had a lady boner <laughs> killer. <laughs> it's like when something happens, and like you're like maybe, and then oh, boner killer. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a Lady Boner killer because I went on a date, a first date with a guy and he clearly didn't read my body language and kept getting mm-hmm. closer and closer and invading my space. And I put the purse between us and I ended up literally with my hands physically pushing him over and saying, stop mm-hmm. And when he put his hand on my knee, I asked him if he wanted to keep it. Because we if, had, he what? What? if he wanted to keep his hand and the only way he was oh. going to keep it was to remove it from my leg. Exactly. Oh, I've had the same situation as well. Tell yes. me. Uh, same. I you want your Lady Boner right killer of the week. Uh, it, it's actually not that we were in a restaurant and well, maybe I, I, there's some terminology that I'm not familiar with, <laughs> but I was at a restaurant and sitting and having dinner with who I thought was a friend. And he just, I had a dress on that had a slit and he just, he put his hand on my thigh and I said, I don't feel comfortable with your hand being there. And he said, but I do. I said, well, it's my body and I don't. And Good what gives you. you the right to put your hand on my body? And as soon as I asked him that question, because I, flipped it on him mm-hmm. then he took his hand away and I was like wow <laughs> but Wasn't some people are very persistent yes it was but I I've also just realized that I mean from from a very young age there's this part of me that comes out I think it's growing up in the Soviet era where we could be incredibly direct <laughs> mm-hmm. so when something is happening like that I could be incredibly direct about it I love that. I love how you turn that on him because I think, you know, I've often said he who controls the question controls the conversation. So when you yes. said what gives you the right, yeah, what's he going to say? What, yeah, a, exactly. what a beautiful, ladies, write that down. If he has <laughs> overstepped a boundary, that's a really, really great language. What gives you the right to do that to me? Whatever it is. Or just, or just what gives you the right to touch my body? Yeah. What, why, do you, why do you think you have that right? Because I bought you dinner? Hmm, no. Okay, so, no. <laughs> so, but, now, but now erotic touch is different, right? We're talking about, so we, we were kind of on yes. touch that's not okay, but then there's touch that really is okay. And you do a video course on erotic touch, which I yes. have, I'm not signed up for yet, but it's on my to-do list. So tell us okay. about, what, okay, so what's erotic touch? I say I know the difference of it, but maybe I don't. You know, help me understand it a little better, please. Sure, sure. So my definition of erotic touch is actually learning how to make love with your hands. I remember when I first started learning this type of touch, I was very uncomfortable touching men, especially I didn't know the difference between the sensations that men felt when they had a circumcised penis and an uncircumcised penis, because the grip of a circumcised penis is very different from an uncircumcised penis. And I ended up hurting a lot of men who were not circumcised because I was gripping too hard. And really? I was just, inc- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forgive my I interruption. Mean, I just, I like have Tourette's with you, but I had no <laughs> idea that was a difference. Right. Because that skin, when it's intact, it has 20, I mean, according to science, it has 24,000 nerve endings. So when it's cut off, then they lose a lot of sensation and they're only left with 4,000 nerve endings. But some people say that's only at the head of the penis. I so did I realized, not know that. Yeah, it's a big deal. Men who are not circumcised, from my own experience, they experience a lot more sensation. And at times, depending on their arousal level, I can't grip them the same way as a circumcised penis. Wow. 
This is, I mean, this is just from personal experience. I've had a couple guys say, ouch. (laughs) Then I realized that, that they weren't circumcised. And then the more I did research to find out the difference between a circumcised and circumcised penis, it's all about the nerve ending. So it it would make sense. It makes perfect sense. That they're more sensitive. Yeah. That they're more sensitive. And I don't remember if it was on this show or on something else I was talking about, but I was, I was referencing when women grab men's penises. Well, and again, from my experience, they often grip it too soft because we touch ourselves softer, but I can understand that my experience has been, and and I'm assuming the people I've talked to has been with circumcised men. I hadn't really considered the alternative of uncircumcised men being that much more sensitive, but it certainly does make sense. It, it, it actually depends on, their, on also the stage of arousal where they are. So if it's in the beginning stages and you grip too hard, they will feel it. But if they're already fully aroused, then you can definitely grip it a bit harder without hurting them. Because then the skin pulls back and the, the head of the penis is exposed. And therefore, it's some guys, it, it really just depends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the points I want to make is we all say we're all wired differently. Mm-hmm. But what exactly are we talking about when we say that? Do you know? Well, if I was going to say wired differently, to me, that would be my mental connection with my body. Maybe I'm not on the same track you're on. So what does it mean when you say it? It's that too, but I realized that, so for like, for, for the most part, just humans, men or women, our, our bone structure, our muscular structure, it's usually in the same places, right. but our nerve endings is what makes us very unique. Our, oh, tell me when more. We say we're, so when we say we are wired differently, it's all about the nerve endings and how we feel sensations on different parts of our body. Some people love having their neck nibbled and kissed and caressed. Other mm-hmm. people feel no sensation there. Some people love having their feet caressed and massaged. And some I know some women who can even orgasm from that. I don't feel the same sensations on my feet. I don't either. So it's really, right. That's exactly what it is because we're all, when we say we're all wired differently, that's exactly what we're talking about. It's our, it's our nerve endings. It's the different types of uh, places on our body where we feel sensation. Hmm. And so you're saying that when you're doing erotic touch, you're learning how to make love to your partner with your hands based on how and they are wired and your yes, fingertips. Because, and based on yes. Yes. And I'm learning, I'm, I'm learning how to touch in different ways. And uh, not only that, but I'm also learning where their sensitive spots are at what stage of their arousal. So in the beginning, it could be a very soft touch, but then they may need something more firm as they go through their arousal process. And, and it's really, it's, it's never consistent either, which is the <laughs> best part about this. <laughs> yeah, I think most people, and I'm, I'm speaking very generally, but uh-huh. I think most people haven't taken the time. Like as I'm thinking about my own body and my own pleasure. And um, as I, I think I mentioned to you, I'm not sure if I mentioned on the show or, or offline as that I'm polyamorous. So I, I have other lovers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when like my vagina is sensitive, of course, my breasts have a certain sensitivity. Um, mm-hmm. The back of my neck has a certain sensitivity. Yes, But there's probably a million other places on my body that I haven't even really considered would be would be really like an erogenous zone an erogenous zone so like my feet like I like to have a foot massage a good foot massage like anyone else but Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna Mm -hmm. at least not that I know of going to have an orgasm from it because wouldn't that be cool because then you could walk around all day and have orgasms (laughs) (laughs) 
Be careful what you wish for. Right. Well, there was a woman, I don't know. I read an article about a woman who, the, the act of brushing her teeth sent her into orgasm. Yes, I read the same article. Okay. Yes. And, so, and So at least twice a day she was having an orgasm. At right. Least. And, and she thinks that it, I would have the best oral hygiene. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. So, I, I have to say, just from personal experience, be careful what you wish for. I, I was going off topic here. There was once a point in my life where I was 19 and I was not experiencing orgasms when I was having sex, but I had no problem doing masturbation. Mm-hmm. And somehow I thought something was wrong with me. And at the same time, I was working for a doctor who specialized in what's called vaginal labioplasty and laser vaginal rejuvenation, Mm -hmm. which is basically changing the shape of the vulva or making the vaginal entrance tighter. Well, while I was there, he came up with this new procedure called the G-spot amplification procedure. And what it did. so good. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, I'm taking notes. (laughs) That's what, okay. First disclaimer, I would say no woman needs this really, really. Okay, fine. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) so the way that he explained it at the time is that the call it was pure collagen and the collagen he said that women injected into their lips he would inject into our g-spot and the syringe that he was using was very thin so while i was taking testimonials because he was still testing to see if this works if it doesn't what are some of the complications he was just testing it, it was in a testing phase. I was taking testimonials. And while I was taking testimonials, there was all these women would come in and say, one would say, I put it in a tampon and I had an orgasm. Another one would say, I went over a speed bump and I had an orgasm. Another one would say, I put it in my dildo and I had an orgasm. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the only one here who's sitting here and not having an orgasm. Right? I need to try this. <laughs> I, have, I have speed bump envy. <laughs> And so I got it done. And uh-huh. at the time I didn't have a partner. Right. My God. I, I mean, now I have a newfound respect for people who say I'm a nympho because I was aroused, but it was just such a nagging sensation that you're constantly feeling aroused. Like and a 12 year old boy. Ma- oh, or yeah. Or a 37 year old <laughs> woman who just reached her sexual peak. But it's going beyond that. And I I mean, I went from masturbating once a day to 10 times a day, and I would orgasm much faster. It no longer became fun. It was just too much. It was just too much sensation in one place. And I was like, (laughs) I'm not feeling any sympathy for you. I got to tell you, (laughs) I have absolutely no sympathy for you and your 10 orgasms a day. Let me just think of no, none. I checked. I'm G spot amplification. I wrote oh down. Gosh. Do they still do that? <laughs> can they I have one? That, yes. Uh, yes, you can. I think now, I think they may have rebranded it to the OSHA, but I'm serious. Really be careful what you wish for. <laughs> uh, okay. We hear you. <laughs> Falling on deaf ears. Because <clears throat> we got, oh, that's the best off topic yes. we've had yet. Oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> So if if people were going to, like I said, I, maybe the bottoms of my feet are more sensitive than I know. Maybe my G spot is more sensitive than I'm aware of. How can I get more body awareness? How can I get more touch awareness? How can I teach my partner to have, to understand my body more? Mm. So one of my favorite lines actually comes from a movie called Dangerous Beauty. Have you heard of it? No. 
Ah, you're going to love it. It takes place, I think, since the 16th century, Venice, Italy, and it's about a courtesan. And her mother is preparing the daughter to be a courtesan. And she says something so profound, which is, how can you give pleasure when you don't know what pleasure is? Ooh. Right. <laughs> how can you give pleasure when you don't know what pleasure is? How is. Wow. And how do you, how do you know what pleasure is? That that begs the question. And that's the thing, right? So that begs the question, yes. And throughout my whole journey, I realized that pleasure starts within, just like everything else. It's developing body awareness. So one of the things that I started doing for myself and now that I recommend to my clients is sit naked in front of a mirror and mm-hmm. sensually touch yourself with every with your fingertips, with let's say I forgot the name. A vibrator? A feather. No, okay. vibrator is too intense. Okay. A lot of vibrators are just too intense. So it's just something sexual because what I realized is, and going back to like childhood and masturbating, we create a pattern of certain type of touch because we do it fast and we do it with a mentality. I need to, I need to get over with so I don't get caught. So this is a pattern of touch that we actually create at a very young age and we don't realize that we're doing this that makes and a lot sense of hurry touch, up and get done hurry up and get it done so a lot of our touch becomes very quick and very there's there's just no finesse to it sometimes it's rough and i think part of it is because it, it really goes back to childhood and some of us as we go into teenage and 20s and adulthood we start watching porn and we do it the same way because it stimulates the mind and we start doing it fast and we just we just want to get it over with as we call it Right, right. So in order to rewire the body and to, to rewire our sensations, the best part is to really make love to yourself with your hands, but touching yourself sensually with the fingertips of your hands. You will be amazed at what type of sensations you discover and all the beautiful like areas from places where you feel tickles, like inside of your thigh, to inside of the arms, the wrists. I mean, there's just so many, so many areas. And if you don't want to do that, then what a great way to explore with your, with your lover and and give and receive. Wow. Talking to you has been an entirely, like, I feel like I don't know anything about sex now and I have to try everything. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) No, seriously. Like I'm always astonished by the, by the viewpoints other people have and yours is so, so unique because one of the, that came out on the Yoni massage interview was, mm-hmm. you know, Monica called me afterwards and she said, no one has ever touched my vagina like that. Not even me. And I right. remember, and I yes. remember thinking, what, how did we touch her? Like I touched my vagina. What did she do? And then listening to the interview, mm-hmm. Monica talked about the, the preparation of it. And that's what this sounds like to me, like that whole making love to your whole body. Your whole body. Yes. So if people listening to this, if they're thinking of getting this done professionally, mm-hmm. when I first had my first yoni massage, it took three hours. It's not that I was just focused on the yoni. No, mm-hmm. the first half an hour is actually speaking to the person who is going to give. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times uh, these people have been trained to, to do this type of massage. Mm-hmm. So it was him getting to know what my boundaries were, what I'm not comfortable with. Do I have pain anywhere? Have I experienced any trauma in my life? What's going on with me right now? Am I in a relationship crisis? Am I in a good place? Where am I? 
So okay. a lot of it is, is actually the first 30 minutes was that. And then we moved into a whole body massage, which took about an hour and a half to maybe even a little longer. Mm-hmm. And the last 30 minutes was the yoni part of it. Wow. I mean, the, the person who was doing it to me, it was very slow. It was very sensual. It was not rushed at all. And this is when I realized that this is more, this goes beyond erotic. And what I mean by that, it's not just about the arousal. It's not just about orgasm. It's actually very healing. It's actually very nurturing. And this is something that I've also practiced in, in my relationships. And I realized that a lot of men, as w- women for sure, but a lot of men have also never been touched that way. And there was a couple times where I, the, the tears came out of their eyes, and I'm and I asked them afterwards if they wanted to share what they were experiencing when I was doing this, and they they actually went back to childhood and had and memories came up of past trauma. Oh so, wow! Yeah, yeah. But I mean, doing this work, I I really initially started my website to teach men all about the female fascinating female anatomy. What I realized in the process is how much hurt and shame and guilt and anxiety men actually carry between their legs as well. It's not just us. This is a collective pain that we're carrying. Agreed. Agreed. Now, when someone is touching you that intimately, are, mm-hmm. are, you, are you talking? Is there verbal communication that, that, that goes with this? Or is it all, help me, get me there a little bit, please. Sure. So it really it really depends on the scenario. If I'm doing it professionally, then yes, we definitely start communicating in terms of what's happening in their lives right now and how they're, it's a whole series of questions that I like to go through as well as with my partners, because I want to make sure that they're in the right place, or at least they feel comfortable enough for me to touch them. And I tell them that this is going to be very sensual. This is going to be very healing. Some things may come up. I prepare them for many different things. We don't just immediately go into the touch. Mm-hmm. And I also need to make sure that I set boundaries because depending if this is done professionally or in a, in a relationship, if it's done professionally, I need to make sure that they don't think that they're coming in for a happy ending because this is absolutely not what this is. And I'm so glad my you safety, clarified that. Sure, sure. And my safety is my number one priority. So I never take my clothes off when I give this type of a massage. Um, I often actually put, uh, if, if I'm doing this to a man, then I often put a towel over their eyes and tell them that this is about you. This is about you feeling sensations and feeling your body in a way that you never have. So this isn't, I don't want you, I don't want you to visualize me for you to get turned on. So what this brings up for me is when I, when I think about slow and sensual touch, and then mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that we have trained our bodies to be fast and urgent vibrators, mm-hmm. hurry up and get this over with. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if in those moments like when you first had your yoni massage or if you've talked to someone when you've been giving one, if they feel that urgency, like, oh, is she ever going to touch me? Hurry up. Do you see what I mean? Um, is there that urgency on the inside because of training? Like, that's what I would think. Would, I'd be like, oh, is she ever going to touch my vagina? It really depends. Oftentimes, one of the things that I really love actually telling the person who's receiving this is to remind them to breathe. So, all the energy doesn't get stuck in either in their yoni or their penis and their lingam. 
Because when that happens, then that also develops urgency to be touched in that place. But when you circulate the energy all throughout your body and move it upwards, then yes, of course you feel arousal in your genitals, but it's not this burning sensation where you feel like you have to release it. Okay. Okay. So are there different types of erotic touch or is it always slow and sensual? And are the help me understand what kinds? Uh, there's actually different strokes. So there's caressing, there's stroking, there's a little bit of tickling, there's a little bit of squeezing, there's a little bit of tapping. It could be soft, it could be firm. It could be very slow and erotic. It really just depends. There are many types. I definitely don't do anything hard when I'm doing this type of touch, because the whole point is to actually rewire the very subtle sensations that our body hasn't been able to feel because we have a certain habitual touch that we're used to. I love that, to, to rewire the very subtle sensations. I, yes, I, erotic touch truly for me is all about that. Because like, like we said earlier in the beginning, it's, it's how much energy our fingertips carry. And to me, that's truly a form of such beautiful communication when you're able to communicate to your lover. Let's say, let's say if you're thinking, I love you, but you're touching them as well while you're thinking that, that there's this beautiful transmission of energy that happens. Yes. As we started off our conversation with, if you were in conflict, the reason for the dance would be to release some of that, um, yes. I hate to call it negative energy, but, but energy that doesn't serve you and then mm-hmm. come to a really beautiful, soft space of love. Mm-hmm. And so as you're talking, I'm thinking about couples who, because I, I may have mentioned to you that people send us, I, I love our website because you can anonymously send questions in. And one That's of the beautiful. questions, yeah, I, one of the questions that, that actually came across my desk this morning, which we're going to cover is how do you reintroduce lust and passion to your relationship when everything seems mm. lost? And I'm, mm, I'm looking at the question come across my screen way, as I'm talking. Actually. That's what I was exactly thinking is, is this is a really beautiful way. This, this I, is actually a very beautiful way to awaken some of the senses or the sensations or, or some of the feelings that have been dormant for a while. And, and I actually get a lot of emails from, from couples in their, who, who have lost, let's say, the passion or haven't had sex in a while. Mm-hmm. And they said, we found a new way to have a sensual experience without having to have sex. Although eventually, once the body reawakens, it does lead to that. So as I'm listening to you, I have a, one of my partners and I have a friend that we've been friends with for many years. And they've been married, let's say, 17, 18 years. Mm-hmm. And the passion in the relationship has been gone from almost the beginning and she doesn't have sex with him. She's convinced it hurts and whatever their, their issues are, they mm. are. But what this makes me think of is a really soft way to reintroduce that between them because they obviously had passion at one point or they wouldn't have gotten married. I'm curious about newer relationships. If this is something that cements longevity, maybe. If you oh, yes, send. I've absolutely. No, no, no. I, this is one of the first, let's say once I get into a new relationship, this is one of the first things that I do. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's first I give, first I give, but then I want to receive because I really want to know how he touches me. Mm. 
Now oh, you, this is definitely one of the first things that I introduced very quickly. So I'm going to ask for a personal story, if you don't mind sharing. So you start a new relationship and you give your new lover a lingam massage. What are their mm-hmm. reactions typically? Because I can imagine guys would be like, I just took a picture and posted it on Instagram a couple of days ago. And it was next to a quote that said, don't play hard to get, play hard to forget. And that seems Ooh. like you, right? <laughs> That's actually that not seems, why I do it, to be honest. But, uh, but that's, really, that's playing hard to forget, girl. So, yeah, it, it is. But that's definitely not my intention behind I it. I think the reason so. why, what, what do they say? So the common response is, I have never felt that before. What did you just do to me? Is the common response. And I will ask them if they had this type of a massage. Are they familiar with it? And have just a very casual chat about it. And my next question is, would you like to experience it? And if they say yes, then I I get them ready. And I say, some things may come up from the past. I just want to let you know that. But this is an erotic massage. And you're going to feel a lot of arousal. And the goal is not to ejaculate. Oh, the goal is not to ejaculate. Okay. Because in the United States, lingam massages are illegal. But I know in other countries, they are not. And so are you any massages? So if someone wanted to give this to their partner or if they wanted to receive this from their partner, I mentioned briefly, you have a video course on your website. Is that where they would go? Is that the most logical, is that the next step? Yeah, if they want to learn how to do this and if they want to see all the different hand movements and what's possible, they could definitely learn from the video courses. I mean, it's evergreen. Basically what that means is you buy it once and you can keep referring back to it as many times as you need to. And And we have an oil recommendation, some of my favorite oils, which is like coconut oil or almond oil or, or different kinds of oils that they can use to give this type of massage because oil is definitely a big part of this. To, to be able to do this properly is to use oil. Okay. And the one thing I don't, and maybe we covered it, but I want to just go back to it if we didn't is, is, and I know you briefly said it, but I understand that you, you tell your partner, you know, this is what we're doing and things may come up for you, but I just want to stop and pause on the person who's actually giving the massage because, mm-hmm. I, because it's, you know, it's one thing to be the receiver and to know that you're, you're going to be there. So what should Going into this, if I'm going to give an erotic uh, massage to one of my partners, where should my headspace be? Um, How long should this take? What do I need to know before I embark on this? Okay, sure. So the headspace is really the intention behind for giving this type of a massage. And it really just depends on the scenario. So let's say if you're in a coupled relationship and this is the night where you want to do this for your lover and you just want that person to just sit back and receive or lay down and receive, then the most important thing is to actually get comfortable in a, in a sitting position. And we show all of those, there is one particular position where it becomes very comfortable, but also is to look at your fingertips and do a prayer before. And just to say, I'm about to give this person a beautiful, loving sensation from my fingertips because that just radiates beautiful energy to the person Mm -hmm. who's receiving it. And how long should this take really just all depends on you. So it it doesn't have, it definitely doesn't have to take three hours or two hours. I've done lingam massages to some of my lovers, which only took 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it really, it really just depends on, on you and just reading their body language. And if your hands are getting tired or your sitting position is getting uncomfortable, it can easily just be as little as 30 minutes. 
Okay. And the, uh, the other question I wanted to ask you is what if you don't have a partner? Is there a way to do this with yourself? So when I first started learning about this, I actually started practicing on my own. It's definitely a lot better to do this with a partner, but I realized that I had already also created a very habitual touch, which was fast and which would get me to orgasm. So I actually started practicing on myself. I would just put a couple drops of oil on my yoni and on my fingertips and would just, I mean, for an hour, it was just my time to be there with me. And I would just do this to myself, just touching myself slowly and sensually and just feeling all the different sensations, really just making love to myself with my own hands. And it was just a beautiful thing to do because I had never done that before for myself. Wow. I think many people haven't done that before. I really do. I will link your website and a link to the course in our show notes. Now, Christina, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, is the best way to do that through your website, confidentlovers.com? Yes, that's definitely the best way. All my social media links are on there as well as there's on the homepage, there's a place where you, you can directly send me an email and I, you get a chance to see all the emails do get forwarded to me. Okay. All right. Well, Christina, I want to hang up with you just because I want to <laughs> download your course and have some private time. So <laughs> right after I call the guy about the O shot. So <laughs> Christina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh my gosh. This oh, was my great. I, I actually want to have something funny to say when you brought up actually um, this type of massage being yes. illegal in the U.S. because for, for a few years now, I've had a tagline and, and for the audience who don't know, I don't live in the U.S. I've been, I grew up in the U.S., but I've been out, living outside of the U.S. for some time now. And when my taglines for the U.S. has been because of, of all these things being illegal there is um, war is legal. But a happy ending is still illegal. Isn't that right? Oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. War is legal, but a happy ending is not. That's crazy. Yes, it's still illegal. I mean, people still go to those yeah. sex workers and so many other people who end up in jail for, for servicing society in such a way where they provide touch, they provide sexuality. And I'm just amazed that in a, in, in a country like U.S., this is still illegal. It's so I, it go that goes back to why you and I do what we do, right? Because if yes. the people who who made the laws understood how shameful they felt when they made them, they maybe would make different choices. This is actually why I also say that the the secrets to the universe is between our legs, and this is something I really have been thinking about on a very deep level. Because if that wasn't true, no religion and no government would try to control it. That is. On that note, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Christina, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I thank appreciate you so much it for very me. much. This has been so much fun. This has been so much fun. So I'm going to remind my audience to stay sexy and to go and find a way to erotically touch yourself or your partner and bring it back to the hive. We want details. All right. Getting yeah. out of here today. <laughs>